0: Hello and welcome to Podcasters On Purpose. This is Debbie Adey, your host, and today I'm really excited to bring Doug Sandler to the show. Doug is an entrepreneur and industry leader. His book, Nice Guys Finish First, is a number one ranked Amazon bestseller. As a podcast host of The Nice Guys, he's interviewed Gary Vee, Ariana Huffington, and dozens of celebs. Doug is a nationally recognized speaker, writer, and founder of Turnkey Podcast Company, providing podcast production, editing, and launch services. His Nice Guys podcast with over 800 episodes has been downloaded 2.5 million times in more than 175 countries. And today he's here to talk to you about how you can make money podcasting, which I know is a topic that a lot of us podcasters are interested in and people are even thinking about starting a podcast are probably interested in. So... Uh, he's a dear friend and I'm real excited to have him on the show today. So welcome to the show, Doug.
1: Debbie. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me on the show. I think we've exchanged some uh some uh, platforms. I've been on yours, you've been on my have you wait, have you come on the nice guys? I can't remember.
0: I was on a we were pool podcasting oh, and that's podcasting right. from uh, like a yep. hotel in yep. Austin. Was that yep. nice guys that we were on? I think it was nice guys. Right? I,
1: who knows? I we have to wait, we have like 17 podcasts that we <laughs> <laughs> it's, or it's so it seems.
0: If um, I haven't been, I will be. I'm Okay. Yes,
1: exactly. Yeah. It's either now or future. <laughs> either way is fine.
0: I have to say I love how you guys roll. I'm you know, for the listener coming to join us today, we spent in the summer we're at a, a party at uh at his and JJ's place and they had this watermelon raft in the backyard, and like a little bucket with what was what kind of uh, microphones? You had two microphones, and you had. I think
1: was, we just. I think we just Tascam? had some really just cheapo. Uh, they were either PV microphones or no, it wasn't a task cam. That would the task cam would have been too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been that would have been too too much of a chance of that falling into the water now we did have a task recorder which we probably had so yeah, yeah between between that and the uh, cobalt microphones we we have a re- we had a really really inexpensive setup to uh, to do some fun podcasting in the backyard we still use that, that setup today
0: that's fantastic yeah I, it was like one of those little file buckets I guess like a plastic file bucket I don't know or a storage bin I, don't know I
1: believe you. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the little Tupperware thing. Did we lock it in the Tupperware thing so it wouldn't get wet?
0: Exactly. And then you had <laughs> yeah. the cam inside that. Yeah,
1: and, I remember I that. Remember
0: <laughs> hanging out. It was really fun. We had a bunch Thanks. of podcasters around a pool. So, I just love how you guys roll, roll kind of naturally and organically on your show too and you just bring it into real life. I think it's fantastic. Well, isn't
1: that the reality of podcasting is that it, you know, while you can have these great interview shows and all that, isn't it supposed to be to kind of um, just it just have like a window to your business so that people can see what, if, if you're doing a business show, I don't want it to be like this. I mean, there's so many formulaic shows out there, ask the same 10 questions and, you know, to get the answers and you read the bio as exactly as it was written and all this stuff that, I, you know, from my perspective, I look at it and say, yes, you can have a successful show that way, but that's not the way that I wanted to have a show. I wanted to have a show that kind of uh, lowered a little bit of the, um, showed the veil behind what happened behind the curtain for these successful people and how they got to be successful and the stuff that they went through in order to get there and all the failures that they had and to create some level of relatability so that my audience can be taken along this story, this journey with, with my, uh, with my guest.
0: Well, and that's where the best part of the Oreo cookie is, right? It's in the center, right? Well, um, at least I think so. That Not is, uh,
1: well, you know, I'm a I'm a cookie <laughs> kind of guy, but I do like the center also, but I I understand exactly what you're saying.
0: Yeah. Like the richness is a little bit behind the veil too, and seeing, seeing the legit stuff of what's going on in people's businesses and their podcasts. So I love that. And I love your playful spirit around it too. So... Thanks. And I love that you have managed to turn it into a monetized platform as well. I think that that's that you have all of the pieces together. So
1: it's crazy. That was a that was a struggle. That was a struggle in the beginning, which was why we said, Hey, we really think we should do this as a business. If this is something that works for us, it'll work for other people. And so let's give this a shot. And that was a couple of years ago. And it has been uh, it has been amazing to watch this transformation of this company that was making no money and struggling to this company seemingly overnight. That uh, that turned a uh, you know a five figure income in, in, in every month consistently for you know for uh, for zero dollars to five figures and then into six figures and beyond so it's, it's been kind of cool
0: which is fantastic and I think there are a lot of podcasters out there that are like okay how do I do that yes please so um, <laughs> so I'd love to dive into that today and I, I just want to kind of start off though too talking about you and how you got into podcasting because I'm sure there's a great story there there's always great stories <laughs> where you are.
1: So, yeah, fun fun backstory for sure.
0: Give us the backstory first, if you would.
1: Yeah, yeah, cool. So in 2013, my financial planner and I sat down and tried to dis- discover, figure out what the next step in my life. I'd spent 30 years at that point, almost 30 years as a, as a bar mitzvah MC, as a guy out there in the middle of the dance floor. And as a 40-something, I, I looked at my, my future and said... In ten years, do I want to be out there doing the cha-cha slide and the cupid shuffle with these kids? And, and not that I wouldn't want to do it. The question is, would they want me to be there as a fifty or a sixty-something guy? And I, and I, you know, I've done 2300 2, something bar mitzvahs in my career, and I just wanted to figure out what was that next step. So my planner was very wise. He's worked with me for for decades, and he said to me, he said. Don't worry about what. Just know that there is something out there, and put that energy out there to the universe, and it will come back, and you will figure it out. So later that summer, so that was February. Later that summer in 2013, I saw this guy. His name is Ryan Estes, speak from stage, and it wasn't what he was saying, but how he was saying that that transformed me into this guy that says, "Oh shit, I think I could actually be a speaker." You know, I could take my same skill set of running a a party and bring it out to an audience and create a message and. I built a business and, and uh, as, a, as an entertainer, why couldn't I share that, that story and the lessons that I learned to an audience? So, I went up to him, asked him how he got his start, hired a speaking coach as he had advised, hired the speaking coach that he had used, uh, put that together, created a, uh, a book as a result of my speaking business because my speaking coach said, well, you need to have a, a book. And I'm like, okay. I had no idea how to speak. May as well figure out what's the next best thing. I don't know how to do either, and that would be write a book. <laughs> so uh, wrote a book. Fortunately, the book did very well on uh, on Amazon. But I needed a um, I needed a platform to promote it. So the platform, I said to a, a friend of mine, Strickland. I said at the time, I said Strick. I hear podcasting is a really cool thing to promote, you know, products and services that you have. Would you be interested in, in doing a podcast with me? He said, sure. I just have one question. I said, why? He said, well, what's a podcast? So, <laughs> I, said, I don't know, but they sound like they could be really fun. <laughs> so, we started this thing on a wing and a prayer and just said, hey, listen, we took the theme of the book, which is called Nice Guys Finish First. We took the theme of the book and created this podcast, uh, the Nice Guys on Business podcast and that was uh, almost 4 years ago next month uh, or 2 months from now well no it's actually in february of 2015 so it'll be 4 It'll be four years in um, in
0: next month. Anniversary, happy thank you.
1: (laughs) We will be celebrating our one thousandth episode this year, which is incredible. We will be going into season two with episode one (laughs) thousand, and and uh, and two and a half million downloads of our show, and it has been freaking crazy, and it's been a great run, and we've enjoyed it, and and that was kind of the start of the entire idea of of podcasting. It was simply to promote book that I was writing, and um, that has since, the book does well, but I, don't, I haven't mentioned the book in the last probably two years on the show because podcasting is so popular right now.
0: Yeah, well, books are too, but yeah, I have to agree, podcasts rock, you know, we're yeah. kind of a little partial to podcasts. Yeah. And you can thriller like none other. So I mean, anytime you have a well, that's
1: that's my bar that's my bar mitzvah experience coming out. So you know you you've seen me DJ. So uh, yeah, oh. I can do a thriller and I can do the line dance. That's fun. Even as an old dude, I can still do that shit.
0: Anytime, anytime you've been a DJ, I'm I'm down for the dance.
1: Thanks, Debbie. Thank you. <laughs>
0: So, so fantastic. So you, you went, you created this podcast to, to grow your, your book audience, right? So how did you, when did you start to make that transition from there into kind of turning it into more of the the business that it is today? That's a great question. As soon as we decided,
1: I mean, that was really what it was. As soon as we said, Hey, let's take a close look at what really is working for us or what really could be opportunity for us. Instead of just having a show and getting on your your microphone without necessarily a focus or a purpose other than interviewing a guest, I mean, people get into podcasting for what I would estimate is one of three reasons. They either want to become an influencer, they want to build a community, or they want to make money. And if you look at what your purpose is, what your goal is for starting a podcast to begin with, and you focus on that goal, uh, it becomes a lot more clear as soon as, again, you throw that energy out to the universe and say, okay, I'm going to become an influencer. Well, you have to then focus on what would an influencer be like or sound like. I want to build a community. Okay, what does building a community really look like and feel like? I want to make money. What does that look like and feel like? And as soon as we focused on, okay, 17 months into this thing, we had made no money. As soon as we made the decision to change the focus to make money from our show, we began to to take off. In that first month it was like I think it was like $8 or $9,000. The second month it was over 10 grand. The third month it was over $20,000 and we really have not looked back every month from those numbers in in building this business. And I know we have our hands on a seven figure business. It's now it's it's time to make that decision to get to that seven figure income and do whatever we need to do in order to do that
0: fantastic so can we dive in a little to the business model that you're using for for generating that are you willing to share
1: sure no I'm happy to share awesome. you know it's it there's a there's a philosophy that I've used throughout my entire life and and I, I discovered this philosophy that somebody else introduced to me probably about 30 years ago and it was and it was the philosophy that says that if success were like water you could throw it on some people and they still wouldn't get wet so <laughs> so for me to be able to share the secret behind how to make money from your podcast without sharing the is, um, is kind of telling you the solution, which I'm happy to do. Uh, but without the system in place, it, it's right. just a house of cards that you're building. So basically, the end result was we thought that most people are trying to make money. Traditionally, if we examine how people are making money podcasting, we look at it and say, okay, advertising, sponsorships, um, call to action to get people to buy the products and services that you have um, on your, uh, you know, that, that, you're, that you are selling, um, affiliate income, uh, building a network. I mean, all of these things were, were ways that people were, were looking at to make money. And I just thought, well, none of those things are really a way. To, I mean, if you look at it, 99% of podcasters that are out there are not making any money from their show. And the 1% that are, or probably most of the 1% that are, aren't making enough money to actually afford the production of their podcast alone. Mm. So we thought, okay, what was the service that we're providing? You know, and that at that point, it was book sales, online training, and professional speaking were my, were my gig. And I kept thinking, I'm trying to sell this service to somebody that is in my audience that I have no control over whether they're going to pick up the phone or send me an email or decide that they have something that I would fit Directly into that um, that zone, so I had no way of getting them to do anything to take action, other than just wait. And that to me, that's (laughs) sucky because that's just waiting for my audience to, you know, their behavior to change. And I and I thought, what would be a better way to do that? Why don't I bring people on my show that number one have a great message to share with my community that is listening and that has supported me at least from by listening, not buying anything. They didn't buy shit from me, but by at least listening to my show. But how? how can I share a great message with somebody and at the same time fill my bank? And what that came down to was put people into, and we have an interview-based show, put people into that hot seat that not only have a great story to share, but also have the ability to buy the services that I'm selling. So in my particular case, if I was selling $10,000 keynote speaking appearances, who would I want to be on my show. Well, it would be somebody that would have a great story, but also maybe is doing a conference a couple times a year or is a sales trainer that, or a um, sales manager that has uh, a customer service department or a sales department that needs training because I was a sales trainer. I am a sales trainer as well. Or it has a customer service department or a head of HR that's looking for ways to better their, their customer service experience or to map out what their customer journey is. All of those people also have great stories and could possibly buy the products or services that that I have. So as soon as I did one of two things. One, identify, was I doing this to be an influencer? Was I doing this to build a community? Or was I doing this to make money? Once I decided that I was going to make money, I then put people in the guest chair that were in a position to be able to spend money with me. And as soon as I did that, it was almost like that first guest was the perfect guest. That second guest was the perfect guest. And if, if you don't have a 25 to 50% closing ratio doing this, you're not building your relationships or asking the right questions. So in a nutshell, that's what I did in order to make money from my podcast.
0: Wow, that's really powerful. It's super intentional, too, with your show. Like, I think a lot of people go into podcasting like, like that. Like, I think I want to start a podcast. What's a podcast? Oh, I don't know. Let me find out.
1: <laughs> right, right. And then they right,
0: start right. a show, Right. Um, so it's, it's great that you're aligning it so closely with your business. So can you dive a little bit deeper and talk about what that might look like? If someone, yeah, that'd be great. Well,
1: what you want to do is you want to create a system by which the people that are even requesting to be on your show, they are qualified before they have access to your schedule. So we are at the beginning where everybody starts. At the beginning, there is no demand. There's plenty of supply. There's a lot of guest seats available that you have for your show. If you're doing a weekly show, 52 of them uh, you know, a year, uh, and you have no demand. Nobody wants to be in that chair. So it's almost like you're handling your guest seat like a pro- like you're trying to you're, you're a prospector and you're trying to fill that chair with somebody that actually can, can buy the shit that you're selling. So the first step is come up with a pre-qualification. we've created this entire system through our company Turnkey podcast and, and so you develop a system uh, of pre-qualifying the guest before they even come on the show to determine whether they would be a good, a, a good guest for your show. Ultimately, what it came down to for us, you know we're now almost four years later into this process. We'll get anywhere between 20 to 40 applications every week to people to be for people to be on our show. They're requesting access to our guest seat. Now, what's interesting about it is, and this is not trickery, this is just the 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 um, environment that we're in, they don't they are not actually applying to be a guest on our show. Let's look at it from a from a business owner's perspective, from a guy that's a podcast producer and somebody that has a show that's that's now a popular show, but at the time not so popular. But now we're not looking at this as we have 20 to 40 people applying to be a guest on the show. I have 20 to 40 people every week that are applying to be a client. Now, how great would it be if you had a business where your business, you could turn that guest seat as a podcaster, turn that guest seat into a prospecting seat where that person is actually qualifying themselves to be a client of yours, they they're answering the questions that you need to know the answers to to determine whether they would be a good candidate for the products or services that you have. You're qualifying them directly through your conversation, whether they have the money to buy it. And then by the time your interview is over and you hang up the phone or you hang up that, that, um, that Zoom link that day, you've determined whether you actually have somebody that is qualified to be a buyer for the services that you have. And you've done no selling. All you've done is build a relationship. So how great would that be in order for that to you know, go on in your business?
0: That's fantastic. And then do you kind of have like a follow-up process that you take them through after to absolutely.
1: To- absolutely. Like any good sales cycle, you <laughs> not only have the pre-qualification process, but you have to qualify them and you have to interview them and determine whether it's going to be a, a good fit. And you have to find you have to discover what their what their pains are and you have to solve their pain. And then you have to ask them for the money. You know, by the time it's done, yeah, it's no different than any other process, except you're taking the one of the hardest parts of prospecting out. Of the process. You're taking out the cold aspect of it, the cold call. Imagine being able to call somebody and saying, hey, I have a podcast. You're a CEO of an organization. I know that you do conferences across the, across the country. I'd love to share your experience of your conference building and of your conference and of the message that you provide. I'd love to share that with my community. Would you be open to sharing your, your message with my community? You're not saying, I have products and services that would fit perfectly into your business. Would you be interested in buying them? You're not saying anything like that. You're asking them to share their story with your community to help promote their business. And you are doing that. You're not being dishonest. But the, the reality of it is that you're using that as a tool to determine whether they would actually qualify for the services that you sell.
0: Gotcha. So, that's fantastic. So, let's say, you know, your show's got 2.5 million downloads now, right? Right. For, for the podcaster, maybe that's a little earlier on in the journey that that is kind of like that doesn't have maybe the guest list that we've had. What would you suggest to them to get started with that sort of thing?
1: It's a great question. And we created a case study just to answer that. Oh, <laughs>
0: so, that's awesome. Because, because
1: here's what happens now people say, sure, you, it's easy for you. You have and a half million downloads, 800 episodes, and you got blah, 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 and you've got a six-figure B, whatever, and you, this is the stuff that's all the positive things. Of course, people are going to be gravitate towards your show and throw money at you for buying the stuff. You've, you're experienced at this. And what I would say is, I don't care if you have zero shows, zero audience, and, and never released your episodes yet. We created a show through a conference that both you and I attended called New Media Summit. We attended a show we did not have any podcast episodes for a show that we call the BizWiz podcast that were released yet. And based upon the pre qualification process that we have and in the interview process, and the same set of se- the same series of questions, answers, pre qualification, the same set of circumstances. Except we have no show and we have no release date or anything of this new podcast called Bizwiz. We were able to cl- close seven people into the show and made over $40,000 as a part of that. And that was literally in 30 days. So, wow. So you don't have to have an audience. You don't have to have a show that's even launched yet. All you need to have is a desire to make money from your podcast. Make the decision that you're going to make money from your podcast and our system will take over. I mean, that's what we do. We coach people through the process. And unless you're just not willing to do the work, you're gonna make money.
0: That's fantastic.
1: It's impossible not to.
0: Gotcha. So if they wanted to get involved with your system, what would they do?
1: How would they work? I would say the first part of the 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 process is just to make sure that it is something that you're interested in doing. Just go to turnkeypodcast.com forward slash gift. And just, just check out the video. There's a download five ways to make money podcasting. Just check out the, the, um, the free download that's there. I think it's going to ask you if you would like to become a, uh, you know, join in on a webinar, just check out the video that's there and see if it is something that fits This is not a, I can't pressure anybody into doing what, you know, if I pressure somebody into buying what we have to sell, but they don't want to do the work it's not going to work. You have got to want to do this. So, first get the download it's free it's five ways to make money podcasting and then take the next step listen to the webinar i think it's like 30 minutes or something like that and it just teaches you about the system that i went through in order to make this all come together and if you're interested beyond that just set up an appointment with me and we'll um and we'll we'll talk about it we'll see what your goals are from podcasting some people aren't doing it to make money some people are doing it to build influence or build a community which ultimately Will help them make money if they choose to. But the short track of this is get on a path to make money from this if that's what you want to do and do it properly. And we, you know, we spent 17 months building a system and making no money. Don't take the same 17 months that we did. Just get on board <laughs> with us quickly. You'll you'll spend a little money doing it, but it's well worth the investment. I promise that.
0: Awesome. So it's it seems like you've just kind of created a whole new business development arm for your like your podcast. Literally is like your business development. Department in some ways, like for your for your for region it, and everything,
1: and for any business that you have, even if it's a startup business where you don't really have the entire process put together, but you're figuring it out as you go along, it's a great tool because you don't need this entire marketing arm behind you to to do uh, you know case studies and and uh, focus groups and all that. Your focus group is your guest seat, and you will get answers pretty quickly. From those that are in that in that guest seat, we've had too many clients that have taken advantage of the system that we've put together, been successful at it, and turn around and say, "Holy shit, this actually is amazing!" And we know it's amazing. We've we created it uh, through all of the mistakes that we've made. We're no geniuses. We just we're dummies so long that we're just like we're tired of not making money. Let's figure out how to do this.
0: That is fantastic. Yeah, and and I, clearly you're a good salesperson too because. <laughs>
1: It's, it's And I appreciate you saying that, but it really what it comes down to is it comes down to being a good relationship builder. If you exactly. have the ability to, to ask good questions, understand what your products are. How many people get into business and they don't really know what their services are and don't really have a message and don't where, know where their market is? Mm-hmm. It's like if you don't have one of those three or all three of those things put together… That's part of what we help our clients do. We help you to write your message, determine what your message is. We help you find what your market is. We help you develop your products and services that you, so that you have one that's in line for you. You don't want to do this if you have a $100 widget. We want to help you create a uh, a level of service that would be appropriate to sustain a lifestyle. Whatever that means for you, that's defined by you. But we'll help you get there as through this process.
0: And do you work too a little bit on the post? So, so obviously, there's the pre-qualification system, right? And then there's the you know, you're going through the episode with that person, you find the lead pre-qualification and then having them on. And then do you also cover like the conversion process with the people and how they go from... From, absolutely
1: okay. absolutely we need to help we need to help people go from from concept to launch with their podcast and then go go from prospect to close to to support on the uh, on the sales side and if you're willing to to go through that process if you don't you know most people come to us as entrepreneurs so many of them already know what the what the the sales cycle looks like for them and we just have to help them unlearn some of the things that they've learned to do as prospectors for their business right now so that they can get it right through the podcasting space. We just, we're just we just going to put a, a different filter on the sales cycle that they already have in place, but absolutely, we want to help them close deals.
0: Fantastic. I love it. So, I'd love to talk a little bit, too, about the fact that you have a co-hosted show, which a lot of people don't have. There's a lot of people out there who just do interview direct or direct audio kind of podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I know that you were locationally and geographically together originally, right? And now yep. you are geographically dispersed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we were. We were literally 2,700 miles apart, which made it not challenging, but from a time zone perspective, made it kind of interesting. So we are. Uh, yeah, we definitely uh, at the beginning, we were we still do co-host on our Tuesdays and Thursday shows. We co-host Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays. We have a five day a week show. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I do our interviews. It's just me and my guest. And Tuesdays and Thursdays, it's me and Strick uh, just kind of, um, you know, going, going over our nonsensical stuff, uh, just um, shooting the shit and hanging out on on uh, and on our episodes.
0: Which I love. And you guys have to be ready for an explicit episode if you're going <laughs> to.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, not for the faint-eared at heart to listen to our <laughs> show.
0: <laughs> but you guys are a riot. I love listening to you guys. Thanks. Uh, so... Uh, so how did you what's your setup I'm just curious so did you do the task cam in person and then when you do it are you on zoom remote or how are you handling yeah that?
1: we used to we, we used to use this program called Zencaster but we've discovered mm-hmm. that it was a little challenging for our guests and there was always some technical issues so not for Android. us from an audio quality perspective while zoom may not be necessarily the most pristine we can get it set really really sounding good in post production if there's any issue with, uh, with quality of sound but uh, zoom is what we use very simple uh, uh um, uh, what am I using? A Yeti Blue microphone with a Rode swing arm and a pop filter. It just plugged directly into my computer. I don't have any mixing board. I try to keep it as low tech as possible. So if I go on the road myself uh, and still need my computer, I can just plug in the same Yeti Blue microphone to a USB connection and just just roll. I don't have to carry all this equipment around.
0: Yeah, it's so awesome. And then when you're in person and you have the task cam, do you, you guys just don't worry? It sounds like about the back. Uh, how do you get the background noise? Well, what I found We're about background
1: pool, noise, right? when there's <laughs> background noise, like at the pool, as long as it's consistent noise throughout, I, I think that your audience is very forgiving as long as it's good sound quality right on the, you know, on the front line. But if you have inconsistent sound and high and low volume and, and MP3 bleeps and all that stuff, that makes it really challenging for somebody to listen for any extended period of time. So, as long as the background noise is consistent, I find that it is, it is okay uh, so I really don't worry a lot about, you know, it, it, people are listening. We're just having conversations. It's, it's again, in lo- unless it's just horrible sound quality, people are going to, to tune in. And there's a lot of stuff that we can do in post-production that will uh, make it sound even better through our editing process.
0: Awesome. And what would you say to someone that is, you know, maybe podcasting and doesn't have a business tied to it? Like they just are podcasting, which are you... Do you also kind of work with people to help them kind of figure that piece out or do you suggest that they kind of figure that piece out before they come to you?
1: No, I I love the I, I love working with people with trying to establish some goals. I think oftentimes people get into podcasting not 100% sure what their what their mission is with their mm-hmm. with their podcast. So call number 1, we we work through some goals, we work through what is the purpose and then we help them understand what they have their hands on because if you look at it as a hobby, it will give you hobby results. If you want to do this to build influence or if you want to do this to uh, to build a community, you know, the best way to build influence is if you want to build influence as a goal for your show is to have other influencers on your show. So, your number one goal is to establish a guest list in an interview-based show with influencers. I mean, that's the best way to do it. And if you're if you're somebody that wants to build a community, you know, you're not going to talk to people if you're an interview-based show. You're not going to talk to people that have 10 10 followers on their on their uh, you know on their Twitter. You you want somebody that's got tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of followers because you want their help in promoting the episode. I also use that as as leverage before I give up my guest seat, especially if you want to use it to build a community. Let's say that you have somebody on Twitter that has 100,000 followers and you want access to their 100,000 followers and you invite them on the show and you give them access to your schedule and they schedule the interview and the interview is over and you send them an email saying, hey, do me a favor. Can you make sure that this goes out to your audience, to your followers? They have the ability to say, well, no. No, but if, if, however, you do it this way, you say to them, I have a guest seat available. I want to share your message with my community. The only way we accept people on the show is if they promise to XYZ, 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 you know, tell them what they've got to do in order to qualify for the show, you're coming at this from a position of leverage and you can remind them, even though they still may not follow what they said they're going to do, just remind them gently what they, told, what they committed to. And when you do it that way, you're coming at it from a position of, of authority and a position of leverage as opposed to a position of weakness where it's over already and you just don't, you, you have no leverage after the interview already airs.
0: Hmm. And so, do you have any tricks or tips for finding those, those influencers for people that are you know, wanting to build their, their audience?
1: Everybody has something that they're promoting. Everybody. You know, everybody that that you want to have on your show, if you're trying to become an influencer. The reason I got Gary Vee on my show and Ariana Huffington on my show when I did, it was, you know, Gary Vee was in the process of starting his own podcast. And uh, and Ariana Huffington just came up with a book called The Sleep Revolution. And I never needed to use the leverage of a big community because I didn't have a big community. I only had probably a couple hundred listeners at the time that were listening to our show on any regular basis. So for me, it was, it was just being at the right place at the right time, talking to the right person. And that's no coincidence. It's, it's, uh, you know, it, was, uh, it was deliberate. I was looking for people that had stuff that they were promoting and they, those two just got in the wake of that uh, going on and they, they were both guests on our show.
0: That's fantastic, I love it. And then for building a community, do you have any tips? because you know a lot of times like you were saying podcasting is one way, right like
1: <laughs> yep, yep.
0: Um, what do you what do you suggest for building your building your communities? Do you suggest taking it kind of offline to Facebook or do you suggest You know, having email lists. What's your what's your take on all that?
1: Yeah, yeah, you have to engage. Uh, You know, using your podcast as a broadcasting tool is doing it the old school radio days. You've done nothing more than somebody that's been on radio. But if you take it offline and you go actually to your social media feeds and you start to engage through your a Facebook group that you maybe should create if you're a Facebooker or uh, or Instagram tribe, you have to build an Instagram tribe or Twitter. Maybe create a Twitter chat just based upon the podcast. It's amazing how many people will and engage your listeners, engage your listeners to help engage other people. So when you get somebody that's involved, we had somebody that came on our show that was, um, worked with our production company and she did such a great job of promoting our show on Twitter that she would get us guests all the time. She would get us advertisers all the time. She would get us um, other people that would listen to the show and promote it to their friends. I mean, that's the, you don't need like a tribe of 200 people. If you had 20 people even 10 people to help you promote and build community um, through your social media community, you will amplify the listenership of your of your show tenfold.
0: That's fantastic. I love that. And what'd you say for your bumpers, like what are you doing with your bumpers on your show?
1: Well, my bumpers are Chrome and they're on my car. So <laughs> right.
0: your, your ad reel, whatever you want to call it. Are you, are you using that on your show? Do you have, um,
1: <laughs> well, you so from an advertising perspective, are we, do we have any advertisers or you mean call to action? Tell me again. I, yeah, I, so I,
0: like I, most people like bumping, bumping up to the beginning or end of the show, a little uh, recording that, you know, or mid reel, that basically is, you know, a call to action, or it could be an ad or sponsor, or you know, are you doing so, any? So, so,
1: so we do have we do have advertisers, and we do have a system for bringing advertisers on the show, and they fortunately cover more than the production cost. So our show basically runs free for us, which is ultimately what everybody wants: is a show that does not cost them any money, if, especially if you hire an outside production company. But I would say the key to it for us. Uh, now remember, there's several ways to make money on from your show, and the key to us uh, the 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 way that we've used our show to make money is guest equals client strategy. That's been our strategy from month 17 on. So for the last almost three years, that is our two and a half years that has been our strategy. So for me, all of the other stuff, mid roll, pre roll, post roll, any of that stuff that unfortunately it just it's not. It's not in our language. It's not something call to action. I love my community, but whether they buy one thing from me or not is irrelevant because my strategy is guest equals client. And that's where I focus the majority of my energy building my my client list through my guest list. And um, while I love my community, since they're not paying my bills, I hear them, but I'm not listening to them.
0: Hmm, interesting. I'm,
1: I'm saying that in a kind way. I love okay. my community and they love us and we, we entertain them and I hope that they feel they, they get value from the show. But if I needed them to support me from a financial perspective, they, that's not what they do. So gotcha. when it comes to building my, my bank account, I don't count on my audience for that. So unfortunately, or fortunately, whichever way you look at it, their opinion does not matter. And I'm saying that in a in a kind and gentle way. I love them. But the opinion of my guests, that's extremely important to me because they're the ones that are paying my bills.
0: Interesting. Yeah, it's such a different model, but it seems to really be working for you guys, which I think is fantastic. How did you get your advertisers? If you don't I'm asking, I'm
1: yeah, wondering. yeah, that's okay. Yeah, well, average, <laughs> hey, This is the um, uh, what's it called? Uh, shooting fish in a barrel. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is the thing that it was has been the easiest thing for us once we understood what we had our hands on. Mm. You know, for me, I didn't want to have to sell advertising space because it became it would become another job. I mean, think about it from your perspective and those that are in your community that are listening to this that have podcasts it's hard to sell advertising space. And not only is it hard to sell advertising space, but if you have no listeners, people aren't willing to spend that much money on it. So now you're you're working hard to get $24 an episode. Now, I'd rather get $400 for an episode of advertising and $1,500 for a month commitment from an advertiser rather than you know, than twenty-five or fifty dollars if I have basically no listeners to the show. So part of our pre-application process, there's just simply a question on our pre-application process. Part of and and they can pay for it right there. Uh, part of, remember, there's twenty to forty guests that that um that or people that apply for our show. They each get the question: Would you be interested in applying to uh, or or and uh, sponsoring the episode that you appear on? Sponsorship includes ABC XYZ and there is a small percentage of those people that say yes now because we're doing three interviews a week 12 a month it has to only be a couple of those people that say yes in order to really make it worthwhile from a dollar perspective for me to to um to to do the advertising for them and the way that I'm looking at it, I don't need everybody to say yes, just a small percentage. And I I never even open up my mouth. I can't tell you the last time I've opened up my mouth to try to sell advertising space, yet we make a very good amount of money. Again, enough to at least to cover the, the cost of production of the show, which ultimately is where everybody wants to be so that they don't have to spend their time editing and doing all the other stuff involved in their show.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and you record it in your own voice, right? You're you're real for them? <laughs> I,
1: I try to do a Mickey Mouse falsetto. It's not working. <laughs> it. <laughs> oh,
0: but you'd be so good at that. You're good at-
1: yeah, just, we, do live, we do live reads. I mean, it's a live read. So it's Strick and I, we get to do a live read. We get to have fun with the, I mean, our show is kind of irreverent and kind of laid back and chill. So mm-hmm. it's not, and we asked, we asked them, what, what points do you want us to, to point out as we are, as we're doing this? So it makes it really easy for us to create the advertiser uh, advertising and just, just two or three of them every month is all we're, all we're looking for in that uh, so far has been uh, been coming in pretty good.
0: And it sounds like that's all just tied into your system. Like you've got that as a piece of your overall system.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: Great. I love that. So I could talk to you all day, Doug. And I know that you've got things to get to and I do too. I I just want to ask you one last question. And that is, if you could leave this podcaster who's listening in or, or future podcaster who's listening in with one piece of advice about podcasting and the journey of podcasting, what would it be?
1: Stop getting ready. <laughs> stop stop getting ready. Most people, unfortunately, they let perfect be the enemy of done. And the issue is that nothing gets done. Nothing gets done at all, whether it is producing or creating that next episode. I don't have enough time. Okay, take the time that you have. Well, I have 30-minute episodes. I can't do it for 20 minutes. Just do a 20-minute episode then. There are so many things that are problematic when it comes to getting started that people just don't get started. Whether it's how many episodes you're going to release, whether you're going to have that guest on a show, whether that guest would be a good fit, whether you're going to cut that commercial or not, whether you're not going to cut that commercial or not, whether you're going to send out that follow-up email, whether you're whether you're going to send that prospecting note, that email's not perfect. I don't want to send it out yet. Forget that. You've got to do it. You've just got to get it done. You're going, I promise you this, you're going to be bad in the beginning of podcasting. And if you're doing this and you're under episode, you know, 20 or 30 or 40 right now, and that's the first podcast you've ever done, you're not good. And that's fine. You're not supposed to be good. Let it get, get to episode 100 and tell me that you're not better than you were at 10. Get to episode uh, 300 and tell me that you're not better uh, than episode 100. We're at episode 820 something as of the recording of this. I'm telling you, I'm much better than I was at episode two, but I'm going to be much better at episode 1,000 also, and then much better at episode 2,000. And we're going to make seven figures from this business. There's no doubt about it. It's just a matter of time. And when you come at it from a perspective of stop not doing stuff and just get it done uh, and stop trying to be perfect, once you do that, then you will win the podcasting game. So stop letting done be the or uh, perfect being the enemy of done.
0: Okay, so now I have to ask you one more question as an add on to that. <laughs> Yeah, it's Do you okay. have a funny story about your early days of podcasting, like when you weren't perfect, like when you were starting out?
1: Oh yeah, funny story. <laughs> I have a, it wasn't funny at the time, but it's but it's uh, but it's comical <laughs> looking back. So early in the beginning, when we were trying to hustle for advertisers because we didn't know where our money was coming from when it came to you know paying for the the money that we were laying out to get the show produced, we uh, we had two sponsors, and both sponsors after their commercial, they hated us. They were like you made my product sound so bad. And, you know, it was like, it was a person that that created a food product. And she's like, people eat with their eyes. And you said, my product looks like mud. And I'm like, well, because it looks like dirt. It does. It looks like dirt. And I would, and I, we would get in these arguments and it was like, we're not paying you. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to sue you for defamation. And I'm like, oh my God, are you serious? And then I get would get all scared. And you know, it's like, and then I never wanted to have another advertiser again. In the beginning, it was like, Really scary. Everything that we were we were doing, I was like, I was afraid. And I'm like, when I just started to be chill and just understood that what this person is not angry with me, she's just angry with life in general. She's not she's not happy because you know I look back at her businesses. You know, probably about six months after we cut that commercial, her business failed, not because of our commercial because I think we took it off the air. But, <laughs> Sucked as a business owner. So she probably was building all that frustration into her argument with me. And maybe it was because her product looked like shit. I
0: don't, I don't really know.
1: <laughs> so yeah, at that time, it was, uh, it was scary. But looking back, it's extremely comical to, to know what happened there.
0: That's awesome. Worst stories of the podcast. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. If the listener today wanted to get more of you and your service, uh, can you repeat the links that you'd like them to go to?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just go to turnkeypodcast.com forward slash gift. Download the five ways to make money podcasting. If you want to, you can just go to turnkeypodcast.com and just click on the contact me page. I'm happy to reach out You know, to, to spend time with you just chatting about what some of your goals are. For podcasting, but the uh, the gift turnkeypodcast.com com forward slash gift would give you a way that you could listen and don't feel like you're being pressured into buying anything. I'm not going to pressure you, but at the same time, if you don't want to talk to anybody, just go to gift.
0: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and are, are there any other shows that you'd want to highlight that maybe they want to check out? Jeez, we have
1: we. I, I don't want to pick any favorites that are on our podcast, <laughs> uh, but uh, but um, there are. We probably have about three dozen shows that we uh, that we produce and we have produced. So I would say there's a there's a whole list of them on our uh, homepage at turnkeypodcast.com. You can uh, just check it out. Definitely check out Spirit, Purpose, and Energy. I know this really cool chick that has yeah. this show.
0: <laughs> JJ. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. JJ Plissane, Spirit, Purpose, and Energy. Great show. And uh, if you want to listen to a legit show, that's definitely one. If you want to listen to a whole bunch of nonsense, listen to my show. But we make money. <laughs> so it's fun, too.
0: <laughs> I love it. Yeah, Fantastic. Well, Doug, it has been delightful having you on the show today. Thanks so much for coming on and sharing your expertise and for just, you know, being an awesome hum- human.
1: <laughs> thanks, thanks. Thanks. And hopefully we'll be in that uh, mastermind coming up soon and we'll, we'll have more good adventures just To share with uh, with your listening community.
0: Super excited for that and loving our pool podcasting. We need to do a Oh, yeah. For that. <laughs> and thriller dancing. Yes. <laughs> and uh, if you're new or returning to the show and have not yet subscribed, please subscribe to receive the latest episodes as they're released. And if you love what you're here today, we'd love a great review, too. Thanks so much for joining us today. And we will see you next time on Podcasters on Purpose. Ciao. Hey there. Have you ever thought about creating your own podcast? If so, I'd love to support you with giving you a free guide on how you can create your studio and set up for your podcast. If you'd be interested in learning more about the microphone that I use, the headset that I use, the software that I use (laughs) to do these shows, I'd love to share that with you. You can go on over to podcastingonpurpose.com.